Hi everybody, this is Mike McCarroll with ProSafe Solutions. Welcome to the Get Real About Safety podcast. This is a podcast about improving safety performance by breaking old paradigms and helping you move your organization into the new view of human performance. It's mid-December, just before Christmas, and we just had a cold front move through West Georgia last night, so the temperatures are dropping like a rock. So it's starting to feel like Christmas, sure enough. The real question is, have you finished your Christmas shopping? I have not, and I'm one of those people who is one of those last-minute shoppers. Hopefully you're not, and you've got yours done, and you're ready to relax and take a little time off to recharge over the holidays. Well, let's get on with it. Today's topic is foundational to the human performance movement, and it's titled The Fallacy of Zero. I'm really excited about this topic today. In fact, I think it's important enough to address it right up front before we go any further with any other podcast. And that's just because it sets the base for moving ahead. If there is anything that needs to change in safety, it's how we measure safety performance. And the OSHA recordable rate is not it. That's not to say that it's not important, but if that's the only metric, it leads us down a dangerous path to ineffective defenses and can set the organization up for complacency. Many of you studying human performance are familiar with Sidney Decker. To paraphrase Decker, in a traditional old view of safety, we tend to view the workers as a problem. We try to control their behaviors with rules and punishment. Then we count the absence of events, or more accurately, how many people we hurt. Anyone with half a brain knows there's something inherently wrong with that approach. Where it becomes a real problem is when zero becomes a goal that people are actually supposed to achieve, especially when it gets attached to performance evaluations, incentives, punishments, or rewards. You know, on the surface, zero incidents, zero accidents, zero this and zero that sounds logical, and it's appealing to anyone in a leadership position. After all, nobody wants anyone to get hurt, even the slightest injury. The problem is that's an easy thing to say, but the mantra of zero harm can cause more problems than it solves. Quite simply, zero is not a good goal, and in fact, it's not a good vision. If an organization is going to set zero as a goal, we first have to ask, zero what? Zero sprained ankles? Zero cut fingers? The problem is not all hazards carry the same degree of risk. Some have high potential for serious injury or fatality. Some simply have low potential. If we're going to say zero everything, that means eliminating every hazard, eliminating every risk from the workplace, which in reality is simply not possible. I mean, come on, let's get real. Is management going to remove every dirt clod on a construction site so someone doesn't twist their ankle or kill every bee on the planet so that no one ever has a recordable bee sting? Give me a break. That's simply not going to happen. To be a goal, zero has to actually be attainable. But it's not. Zero is a standard of perfection. It doesn't account for human error. It assumes that everything is within the control of the worker. It assumes everything is a willful decision on the part of the worker. And discounts the fact that human beings make mistakes. As long as human beings are human beings, they're going to make mistakes. Errors by nature are not totally within the control of the worker. By definition, an error 
is an unexpected deviation from an expected outcome. Therefore, they are also unintentional. Errors such as mental lapses are completely different than a willful decision to violate safety requirements. To expect a human being to never make a mistake is unreasonable, and it equates them to a machine. People are not machines, to err is human, and they have limitations to their capabilities. Another big problem with zero as a goal is that management loses credibility in the eyes of the workers when they preach zero. In fact, most workers simply don't believe it. If you sit in any safety meeting or in any annual safety conference where zero is being preached to the crowd, you can see the eyes rolled. If asked, most employees will tell you they don't believe that zero is realistic. They don't believe that all accidents are preventable. And in fact, they are not. Now that might seem a little controversial to some of you, but it's simply the fact. All accidents are not preventable. We'll talk in future podcasts about the unpredictability of serious events and how we need to balance our focus on prevention with recovery efforts. I can't tell you the number of times that I've said in meetings with clients where safety people will state that all accidents are preventable. In some cases, everyone will nod their heads in agreement like a room full of robots. In some cases, I've even seen workers and supervisors berated in front of their peers if they express any level of disbelief, almost as if safety is some kind of a religion. Meanwhile, they're cutting their eyes at each other, and management is losing credibility the entire time. Some organizations are simply overfocused on zero recordables, and when that's the case, it ends up becoming a numbers reporting game. It becomes about reporting numbers upwards in the organization to look good to some upper manager or corporate entity. Some organizations even rank plants, job sites, or supervisors based on recordable rates. And this places tremendous pressure on workers to not report and even causes supervisors to sometimes sweep things under the rug for fear of looking bad. In some extreme cases, even safety professionals have been known to fudge the numbers, often under pressure from management, in order to not affect their competitive posture in the marketplace. This is a problem, folks. So why all this focus on outcome numbers like recordables? To understand it, I think we really have to revisit history a little bit. So let's talk about... Heinrich. Back in 1931, a gentleman named H.W. Heinrich published a book titled Industrial Accident Prevention. This was one of the first books ever written, if not the first book ever written, on safety management. Among several theories he published, the most popular was one called the 329-1 ratio. This ratio was illustrated in the form of a triangle or a pyramid. A 1 was placed at the top of the triangle, indicating a fatality or a major injury. 29 was below that and stood for minor injuries, and below that the 300 stood for near misses. This theory drew a direct correlation between the number of near misses and a major event. Over the years, people expanded the triangle to include unsafe acts and unsafe conditions, So some took the liberty of adding 3,000 unsafe conditions and 30,000 unsafe acts at the bottom of the triangle. The belief, of course, behind all of this was that in order to prevent a serious event, you focus on the small things at the bottom. In other words, the belief was 
that the frequency of small events ultimately breeds a large event. On the surface, this sounds logical. The problem is, it's not true. In the past few years, it's been discovered that there is no evidence that Heinrich actually ever did any research at all. It's surmised that he basically made it up. It sounded good, but there's no real evidence to support it. And in fact, recent empirical research has invalidated Heinrich's original premise. What was discovered is that managing the small things at the bottom of the triangle reduces the small things at the bottom of the triangle. Managing the small things may or may not reduce the events at the top of the triangle. In other words, the things that cause less severe injuries are not the same things that get people killed. Modern research shows that serious injury and fatality events are most often singular in nature, they are typically non-routine activities, and have very complex causal factors that are rooted deeply into the organization. Even the guy who first published the formula for calculating recordable rates now has reservations. Steve Newell, who published OSHA's Blue Book on Record Keeping back in 1971, is retired today. At a recent conference, he gave a public apology for ever coming out with that formula, stating it's caused more problems than it ever solved because it takes the focus away from the causes of more serious events. None of this, of course, means that you ignore small events because you are trying to build a culture, but it does mean we have to have a different strategy for serious injury and fatality prevention. You know, the fact is, the most dangerous place for any organization to be is near zero. Over-reliance on recordable rates as a measure of safety effectiveness deludes organizations into thinking they're better than what they actually are. Author Dan Peterson had a famous quote that measuring safety effectiveness by accident rates is basically an exercise in measuring luck. The unfounded belief that reducing minor injuries will correspondingly reduce serious injury or fatality events tends to cause complacency. When organizations think they're good, it allows organizations to drift, and that very mindset often sets the stage for catastrophic events. Deepwater Horizon was a perfect example. They had just celebrated seven years without an accident, and that very day a catastrophic event occurred. As strange as it sounds, zero may actually be getting people killed. A few years back, an interesting paper from Australia titled Could Zero Harm Be Killing Our People brought out a number of interesting facts. It presented some startling statistics that fly in the face of conventional safety management beliefs. They showed that those with higher recordable rates tended to have lower fatality rates. Conversely, those with lower recordable rates tended to have more fatalities and serious injuries. Is it possible that when employees experience more minor injuries that they become more risk averse and therefore tend to better navigate serious risks? Is it possible that those with less minor injuries had higher risk tolerance and lower risk perceptions? Is it possible that those with lower recordable rates allowed drift and complacency to set them up for failure? Just to take this a step further, over the past several years, a disturbing trend has been developed not only in the U.S., but globally. If you look at just U.S. fatality statistics, they've leveled off, and in some cases they're going up, while non-fatal rates have steadily declined. This has serious implications about how we manage safety. Recent studies have shown that of all the recordables, lost times, and near misses, illustrated in the triangle, 
Only about 20% have the potential to produce serious injuries or fatalities. By focusing on these vital few and the underlying precursors such as shortcuts, workarounds, and error precursors such as rushing, fatigue, and other issues like that, we can make a huge difference. A few years ago, our organization conducted a safety culture assessment of a company rebuilding a large bridge. I'll never forget interviewing a world-known bridge engineer who oversaw construction of some of the world's most complicated bridges. During the interview, he stated what bothers me about the modern practice of safety and quite frankly how safety personnel are trained is that it's all about personal injury, not catastrophic failure. He said, I have safety people out there running around worried about someone not wearing a pair of gloves. But if we back up too many concrete trucks on that bridge span, we could collapse that bridge and kill 150 people in one fell swoop, and nobody is seeing that. If I was not personally looking out for that, nobody would see it, and that bothers me. We tend to see this every day in the culture assessment work we do with clients, but it really is a function of how safety people are trained and how they have educated their managers. One of the biggest problems with zero is it tends to drive inappropriate organizational response. When safety is managed to an outcome number, it always causes problems. Everyone has heard the term, safety is not the absence of events, it is the presence of defenses, or better stated, it's the presence of capacity. When the focus is an outcome number, organizations become so flustered over minor injury rates that they often take retribution out on employees, supervisors, managers, or even an entire site location. They tend to send down corporate fixers to straighten out the plan or the job site. They rake managers over the coals about the recordable rates, who in turn tend to put downward pressure on the supervisors. And this is all based on flawed thinking and invalid safety management theory that all started way back in 1931 with Heinrich. There is a huge lack of understanding of human error in the workplace, and it leads managers to view employees as bad apples and blame them for making mistakes. This in turn reduces trust, harms the culture, and causes employees to disengage. It's not possible to have a culture of excellence without employee engagement. It also leads us to misdirect limited resources towards things that may not prevent the most devastating outcomes. So how does the new view of human performance differ from the old traditional view? Human error is a symptom of trouble deeper within the system in which people work. To understand failure, we have to understand how people's decisions and actions made sense to them at the time, given the circumstances that surrounded them. That only happens in an environment of trust and understanding, and by becoming a learning organization. The old view of safety was a crime and punishment model, it viewed everything as a willful decision and sought to fix the worker through disciplinary action. The exciting part of the new view of human performance is that it allows for us to have a better understanding of human error and the difference between error and a direct violation, and it allows us to build much better defenses. Well, that's it for today. I could go on and on about this one topic, and we'll talk a whole lot more about this in future sessions. Check back with us on a regular basis for more topics. Have a great day, and most importantly, be safe and have fun.